and welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast that takes a look at the powerful influence of celebrities, musicians, actors, social media, all the things that will drive the traditions and norms of modern society. And so Dan Delzell and myself, Saw Needham, we talk about and discuss at the crossroads of faith and pop culture, all these influences on society. And Dan, last time we were together, we were talking about Shia LaBeouf and um, how he did an interview talking about his Catholic faith, how he was uh, doing this role as a Padre Pio and how that got him to start to discover the Catholic faith. And so we were talking about that, talking about his and the Catholic faith's view on communion and how he was able to let go, reconnect with his mom, things like that. And so shortly thereafter, we completed that interview. I was looking through the headlines, and it came across a, a headline that said this. The famously profane Eminem, referring to the rapper, not the candy, achieves Billboard Christian chart glory with his first number one song. And so I dig a little deeper and I see articles like on the Christian Post and stuff about how is Eminem now a Christian because apparently not only does he have this song that is on the Billboard Christian charts, I guess, but he did this collaboration with Kanye West, DJ Khaled, and it's a Christian song. And it has a lot of lyrics that are really, you know, I guess talking about Jesus, talking about uh, you know, being my strength, my savior, stuff like that. And we'll play a little bit in a minute. But before we get to that, it's just interesting how yet here's another person that has come out recently. And I'm not sure what has driven this because I haven't been able to really, I don't think Eminem has said anything about it because I haven't found anything at this point. But it's interesting how like, you know, these people will come out and do these projects, which, you know, if it is legit and true, is a good thing. But yet, right away, everybody else jumps on them as if, oh, they're a Christian because they sang a song. Um, DJ Khaled, from what I've read, he is a Muslim. It says, uh, you know, devout Muslim. Um, so again, maybe he had a conversion. I don't know. But it's just interesting how, like, first you have, you know, Shia LaBeouf coming out, and now you have Eminem coming out with this song. And so I just thought something we could kind of continue to talk about when you talk about the influence of music and the influence of pop culture and how powerful it is that now you have some people that are notoriously known for being profane coming out and now doing a 180 and having a number one Christian hit, supposedly. Yeah, you know, son, I'm, I'm looking at the article right now from uh, the Christian Post. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I had not uh, read it. Um, I, I guess I just uh, it caught my eye here a while back. It looks like it was... Uh, uh, it was published here, um, you know, a little over a week ago. But anyway, um, it's interesting that um, this this song, gospel song, use this gospel, um, is is one that he would be rapping. Because, like you say, I don't think anybody had ever had ever heard him talk uh, talk about Christianity. Um, it says now in the verse, what Eminem raps is, "So my Savior, I call on to rescue me." from these depths of despairs. So these demons better step because he is my shepherd. I'm armed with Jesus. My weapon is prayer. Now, you know, um, uh, that is pretty startling, uh, from such a, uh, a well-known rapper who, um, you know, as I, as I'm reading right here, you know, in the article, uh, you know, it says the 49 year old is still on a journey. Um, you know, it, it certainly, um, provides some hope here, doesn't it, son, that, um, that, you know, maybe through Kanye West, um, maybe Eminem is, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, to, to be that explicit in these lyrics, you know, uh, about the Lord, um, that, that is, uh, you know, that is really something to take note of and, and to want to build on, you know, the article does say that, um, it's one of the few songs on the album that does not feature explicit lyrics. And it kind of reminds me of the, uh, grandmother who went to visit her grandson one uh, time at college. And when she visited him, 
she noticed, of course, when she came in that um, there were pictures on uh, all, on all the walls of of you know beautiful women basically wearing practically nothing, and um, you know she didn't even address that. She just visited her grandson and they talked and things, and and uh, you know uh, she didn't say anything like, well, you know, uh, hey, you know, do, do you think maybe those pictures could could create you know lust and could 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 lead you in, in a direction that's not wholesome. Um, you know, she didn't say anything like that, but, but what she did son was when she came back to visit him, then, uh, the next time she gave him a gift and uh, she gave him a, a beautiful painting of Jesus. Now, of course, we don't know, you know, what Jesus looked like when he was on earth, but, um, you know, uh, people have different views about, you know, paintings of Jesus, but, but, um, I know, you know, there've been paintings of Jesus in many churches and many Christian homes that, that, that people have found to be, you know, um, reminders of, of our savior. Uh, but anyway, she left this painting or picture and, um, as she would go back and visit him from time to time, um, she noticed that each time she went, there were fewer and fewer of those other pictures of the almost naked women on the walls, but the picture of Jesus was still there. And eventually, as the story goes, you know, whether this is a true story or somebody just, you know, created this story, it's a great illustration either way. Um, she, uh, she noticed then finally, um, the only picture remaining was Jesus. So, um, you know, I would, I would take some of those lyrics by Eminem and say, um, you know, there've been, there've been Christian artists, uh, Christian rappers, Christian musicians who've been doing Christian music for decades, um, who, you know, you wouldn't know whether those lyrics came from one of them or came from Eminem. So the fact that it came from Eminem, you know, to me kind of looks like maybe that, that painting that the grandmother left, uh, her grandson. And it is quite stunning though. Uh, you know, that, um, uh, you know, that, that, that he would, he would say, so my savior, I call on to rescue me from these depths of despair. Uh, so these demons better step because he is my shepherd. I'm armed with Jesus. My weapon is prayer. You know, it kind of reminds me, son, of what, um, you know, what both Christians and Jews would have thought of Saul of Tarsus when all of a sudden he had this dramatic conversion. And I'm sure that people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, Saul's converted, right. You know, he's been hauling Christians off to jail. Uh, he was there cheering on uh, the the murder of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, you know. And, and so it is difficult, I think, for both believers and unbelievers alike. Um, in, in, in the case of Saul of Tarsus, both Christians and Jews. You know, uh, those who had accepted Jesus as a Messiah, uh, Jewish people who had, um, and, and, and some Gentiles, but mostly by, you know, early on there, you know, Jewish people who had, and then, um, and then Jewish people who did not accept Jesus as Messiah. So, um, I think anytime somebody who's been very well known, like a Saul of Tarsus or an Eminem or a Kanye West or anybody like that, Shia LaBeouf, you know, uh, any celebrity, um, when they start talking about God, um, um, it really, it really causes a person to to listen carefully, um, but then also to realize that. Um, you know, there may be cases where, they, hey, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful direction. Um, uh, just like that one painting was a wonderful direction for that young man in his, in his college dorm. Um, but, but the thing that's important to remember is that if, if the individual artist or like that, that grandson, if the individual fixes his eyes on Jesus and continues to grow in the Lord, having, you know, as, as Eminem says here, uh, you know, and it wouldn't that be wonderful? So my savior, I call on to rescue me. I mean, those are some very, very strong words that, that we, we, we rarely, if ever, hear an unbeliever use those words and refer to Jesus as my savior. In fact, I've never heard an unbeliever say that. Now, having said that, um, you know, is it possible that he was rapping some lyrics that maybe he collaborated on or didn't? I mean, you know, your person could make that case, but, but my, my, my guess is, 
is based on the little bit I know about Eminem and what he's rapped about in the past. Um, I, I'd be very surprised if he was going to rap something that explicit if, if there wasn't a lot of personal investment um, in it. Um, but but again, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, that grandson could have just taken the picture of Jesus down and left up all the other ones. And and uh, and again, I'm not suggesting that. Um, uh, well, let, let, let's just say he he uh, uh, you know he, he he decided to focus on on Christ and and that helped him then not to get caught up in in lust and and so our hope and prayer for Eminem can be you know keep pursuing that that gospel focus that you 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 had in that song and and I think what we'll see happen, Son, if he does that, is we're going to find that more and more uh, explicit lyrics are going to fall by the wayside because that's just the nature of. Of, of sanctification. I mean, you know, God accepts us um, with all of our baggage in tow. Um, when we come to him, we repent of our sin. Um, but then, you know, for all of us as Christians, it, it kind of takes a lifetime for God to continue to um, help us uh, let go of, of baggage, whether it's a judgmental attitude, whether it's gossip, whether it's lust, whether it's greed, uh, whether it's being critical of others. I mean, there, there are many things that, you know, we as Christians find that just because we enter the kingdom of God, and I'm sure Kanye West has found this out, if, if Eminem is, is a believer here, which, I mean, that's a very bold confession of faith. If he's a believer now, he's going to find this out because, you, you know, we know that the devil certainly doesn't want to let somebody with that kind of influence, you know, the devil doesn't want him to start pointing people to Jesus, uh, which obviously that song is, is, is you know, uh, attempting to do in a way. Um, so anyway, those are just a few of my, you know, initial thoughts on it. But yeah, it's quite a quite an interesting development with uh uh and, and I think you said that son that uh maybe that song now is number one in the country. So I mean that would that would be pretty amazing to me. Yeah, it's a remake from a twenty nineteen song apparently that Kanye West did. And so again, Eminem, DJ Khaled, they all kind of collaborated to make this remix and apparently it's the number one Christian song um on Billboard's Christian you know charts. But here's just a taste Yeah, here's just a taste mm-hmm. of what it is um, so that people get an idea of what it sounds like, and then we can uh, carry on with the conversation. So here's okay, a little bit great. of the song. I can take it much longer. Today's the day that I put all of my trust and faith in you, Father. Please let this hate make me stronger, for they turn on me like a zombie. It's like I'm being strangled unconscious. Yeah. When temptation is almost like Satan is beating you, trying to take you away from your daughters, dangling a bunch of painkillers on you, waving them in your face, and them Watson's coming extra strict, and that's why they make them in rectangular objects, because that's the shape of a And car. so that's the song, how it goes. And again, still kind of that rap version. Um, you know, one comment was finally an Eminem song I can listen on my speakers with my parents around. Um, you know, and so it's getting some, some comments, you know, on, on, uh, some of the comment boards. But, yeah. but it's interesting because again, and again, looking further and deeper, I haven't really found anything else where Eminem has come out and specifically stated anything. Um, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people still kind of, um, speculating, you know, whether or not, and, mm-hmm. and the debate, so to speak, like you mentioned, does somebody really sing this without truly believing right. it? Um, right. But then again, you know, is it just for a song? Is it for a genre? Because, and again, two things first. One, if it is a true conversion, that's great. We can all celebrate. Angels celebrate mm-hmm. in heaven. Two, right. it really comes down to him and God. So we can speculate all we want, and he can never say another sure. word about it, and it's ultimately, you know, between him and God and only him and God, you know, have to work this out or he has to work it out so that it's between him and God. Sure. So, sure. but with that being said, um, one of the things I find fascinating is that there's always been a debate because I grew up listening to Christian music. Um, I don't like a lot of it. Um, people think I'm blasphemous because I don't like Christian music. Um, and I don't, it's not that I don't like Christian music. There's a lot of it that I don't like because I do see a lot of hypocrisy in it. I see a lot of hypocrisy in the business of Christian music. Um, but there are a lot of artists I do like, I do follow, and I do support, and I do believe are true. And there's other artists that I don't follow, I don't support, but I still believe they're true. You know, their, their oh, hearts right. are right. You know, so it's just, it's, it's yeah. as a consumer, it's just like anything else. As a consumer, mm-hmm. I'm not going to consume something that I'm not interested in. Um, and, right. and, and so that's with Christian music. So like, for example, one band that comes to mind is Petra. You know, Petra is a band that I, I grew up liking. Um, I think they got mm-hmm. some great music. They've kind of transformed themselves uh, throughout the years. 
and uh, they've never really had any debate over whether or not they're a Christian rock band or a rock band or anything like that. Striper, on the other hand, you know, they were a group that was considered a Christian rock band, but they just considered themselves a rock band, but they were Christians. You know, they were Christian. So, so it's all about labeling, right? It's all about this whole branding and labeling thing. So my question is, the Christian music scene, okay, we've got the number one song right now. As Christians, if you find that, let's say this is just a song gimmick, you know, kind of like when Garth Brooks did his, uh, was it Chris Gaines album, okay, he tried this really bizarre thing. It didn't really work out, um, but he was trying to do like a, a, a another persona. So if it turns out to be that way, how should Christians take a song like this that is sung to glorify God, but yet the people that are singing it, you know, okay, let's say it comes out, they don't espouse these principles. They just want to get a number one hit, and therefore they use this genre to do that. Yeah, I mean, in that case, Son, I mean, if, if you know, let's say Eminem came out and said, and, you know, maybe he was being interviewed and, and you would hope maybe somebody would ask him maybe a question like that and, and, and would maybe just say, you know, Eminem, um, this is definitely a different, uh, direction than what we've heard in your previous songs. Are we to take this to mean that, um, this is like a core belief now of your life? Um, and, and I, you know, it'd be very interesting then to, um, to have Eminem sit down for an interview and, 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 uh, respond to that. Now, uh, to go to your point though, son, if, 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 if let's say in that interview, uh, he were to say, no, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really believe that but it's it was kind of meant to sell you know sell albums to people who who are into that sort of a thing you know um i mean you know i I think 99.9 percent of christians who heard that would probably be very turned off from listening to it um you know going forward simply because you know, we're dealing with something that, you know, if Christianity isn't authentic in, in a, in a song, in a sermon, um, in a family, in, in a heart, in a soul, if it's not authentic, then, you know, most people want nothing to do with that, including Christians, you know, so I agree with you. I think, uh, I think if, if it were, you know, if he, if he were to sit down and, and say in an interview, now that's not really what I'm about. I'm not really moving in that direction. Um, I mean, I, I know son, a lot of people were hoping that Christopher Hitchens, the well-known atheist who, who wrote a book called God is not great. And it's interesting. His brother is a strong Christian. I, I watched a, a debate. Um, they had a number of years ago, um, before an audience. And, uh, so it was a Christian and the atheist and the two brothers talking. But anyway, a lot of people found Christopher Hitchens to be very, um, charismatic in the, in the, in the personable, uh, sense of that word. And, and, um, and, and they were hoping he would, he would be converted. Um, it is interesting. I, I, um, I remember listening to uh, Francis Collins uh, talk not too long ago, who, who's a Christian, about his friendship with, uh, he called him Hitch. He had a friendship with Christopher Hitchens. And, um, you know, I, I don't believe Christopher Hitchens, uh, you know, I don't think anybody says that he had a deathbed conversion that anybody knows of. Uh, but that was the prayer of many Christians. But, but going back to Eminem, um, I guess, you know, time will tell, you know, time will tell whether this is something that he really owns, um, you know, or, or not. So, yeah, I mean, I think you raise a very, a very good, good question on that. You know, you take a look at other people. Um, I remember back a few years ago, well, I think it's even more than a few years ago now, but when Justin Bieber, he was kind of making some headlines with his Christian faith. You know, he got baptized. I believe he was involved with uh, Carl Lenz, and I think that's Hillsong. Um, and he got baptized, and he was talking about his Christian faith, and I think that was probably about 12 years ago now. And as you watch his life throughout his last 12 years when he was kind of going through this faith movement that he was having – um, you know, again, he has his ups and downs. He has, uh, I think recently he said he was taking time off from his tour to do, um, mental health, take care of his mental health. I think he has a, a song, 
uh, that I guess made it big on social media that people do some trends to whatever. And he talks about getting his weed from California. And so again, it's another kind of artist that was out there that at one point was embracing what we would call the Christian lifestyle, the Christian walk. And it seemed genuine at the time, but then his actions after that seemed to kind of, kind of go back and forth, which, you know, can happen. But what is it when these, you think it's that they just, it's, is it hard? I guess my question would be, if you are one of these people that have been so successful in the secular world and you have an expectation from your fans and you have an expectation from management and an expectation from all these people, you know, that are influencing you to do your craft that you've been so successful at. Um, it's hard to stay in that lifestyle and be a Christian, I would imagine, because there's a lot of people pressuring you to go back to what it is that you used to do. So, for example, if um, Eminem is profanely famous for his profanity-laced lyrics. And this is a song that one of the people wrote in the comments that I can finally listen to an Eminem song on the speakers with my parents in the room, but it doesn't quite do so well. Okay, let's say he continues. He's got a number one song, but now he continues down this kind of Christian, clean lyric thing, but maybe it starts to fade because this might have been a fad or a single uh, one-hit wonder type thing. Management's going to try to push him to go back to his old ways because that sells. How hard is it for somebody then to sit there as a Christian and be like, you know what? I'm not going to go back to my old ways. I'm going to continue down this path versus caving to that and realize that, yeah, I did have success with my profanity lace tirades or my uh, lyrics, uh, my profanity lace lyrics. And so I'm going to go back to that because I need to be successful again. Yeah. I mean, that, that truly is son, isn't it? Uh, the, um, the, the daily temptation that, that Christians face. And, um, it's hard, I think probably for, um, you know, most Christians because, because we're not, we don't have, uh, we don't, you know, we're not famous. We're not in, we don't walk in those circles. Um, we don't experience that, that, that sort of fame. So it's hard to relate to what those temptations are like. Um, and so like you say, you know, it, their, their lives then tend to really get, um, uh, get a lot of press, you know, and especially if somebody comes out as a Christian and then, um, they have something in their life, uh, that is not, um, you know, is not a part of their Christianity, but it's a, it's some, you know, some of the baggage that, that they have, you know, gotten back into, um, you know, sinful baggage that's not part of the Christian life, uh, then that really, you know, hits the news. So I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's something that we all as Christians face. Um, it, it, it's something that celebrities uh, certainly w- w- would face. You know, I, I I think of somebody whose face is known to millions of people, and and just because of of her role as a, as an anchor on TV, but but Shannon Bream, uh, a, a leading uh, cable news anchor uh, who wrote a, a book recently, "The Mothers and Daughters of the Bible Speak," and and she's a very winsome, um, you know, uh, just a wonderful witness uh, for Christ. I mean, her, her tone, her manner, um, you can tell, you know, she's, uh, she's really, uh, mature in her faith. Um, and, and so you've got people like that, you know, uh, we've, we've talked before about, um, uh, the, uh, oh, his name's slipping my mind, but he, he works with, uh, Ray Comfort on the way of the master. Uh, who's the actor? Kirk Cameron. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked about Kirk Cameron, um, and, and, and what a, what a wonderful, you know, witness in Hollywood he is. So I, I think you've got, um, I, I think, you know, we, we have, uh, a variety, just like we do in every other area of Christianity. Uh, we, we, we have a variety of, um, stages that people are at in their Christian life. And someone like a Shannon Bream or a Kirk Cameron, who've been at this thing for, in, in their, both of their cases, probably decades, you know, um, God has given them a platform, uh, has given them a, a, a measure of influence. Uh, but, but, you know, you're kind of asking about people maybe who, um, have been known in the world to be very secular and then they start professing faith in Christ. And, and so if, if it is a legitimate conversion, 
version, um, then, um, you know, they're not going to grow into maturity overnight. It's going to take years and then even decades. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of, in that sense, you know, uh, the, um, the, all of the social media stuff, um, it isn't a real plus because the world is just looking for any examples where any professing Christian falls short and they're going to broadcast that from the mountaintops, you know? So because we, we live in this day that we live in, there are opportunities for people like Shannon Bream and Kirk Cameron and many others, uh, to, um, to witness on a, on a national, if not global scale. Um, uh, but then as we see, um, when you have a, a celebrity or a famous church leader, um, a famous pastor or a, uh, you know, a, a famous coach or whatever it might be, you know, who's a professing Christian and, and then they have a failing, a moral failing. Um, then of course the world seems to almost celebrate that. See, we told you there was nothing to it, blah, blah, blah. And in reality, what the world doesn't understand is, is that until you start walking with Christ, um, until you start facing temptation as a Christian, it's very difficult for you to be able to um, even relate to what um, what other Christians, you know, to what Christians are going through, um, be, be, because you know there is a target on the back of Christians. Uh, Satan is alive and well, and, and he is going to target the weak. I mean, it's going to be a lot tougher for Satan to trip up Shannon Bream and Kirk Cameron because um, they're so grounded in the Lord. I mean, I think of Billy Graham, for example. I mean, yes, there have been um, certainly, you know television evangelists uh, with moral failings, and that has been broadcast around the world. But but you don't hear as much from the, the world about, you know, Billy Graham and, and folks like that who... Um, you know, are, are, you know, is faithful to his wife and, and has a, has a, uh, you know, a strong faithful ministry. So I think part of it's just the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the world in which we live. Um, news has to create controversy or, or dig up dirt on someone or just announce the dirt. I mean, it may not be much digging needed, you know, I mean, it, it, because it becomes public immediately. Um, and when there is a moral failing, then, you know, it's all over the place. So I think your question though was, you know, uh, you know, how, how easy or difficult is it then for that celebrity? Um, well, it's not going to be easy, uh, but it's going to take the word. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take, uh, you know, them being with other Christians. That's one thing that I notice about like Shannon Bream and some of those ladies that she works with. They seem to have a women's Bible study that they, they get together and, and support one another in the industry that they're in there in the media. Um, I mean, whatever a person's job is or role, uh, I, I know my mom, uh, you know, who was in real estate for 40 years, um, you know, and retired here uh, within the last couple of years. Uh, and still as part of the Bible study, she's been in for decades with, um, with, with women uh, that she, that she worked with. And, you know, there are, there are gospel businessmen's groups. There are uh, teachers that meet there, are, you know, in every profession, there are Christians, of course, many churches that have small group Bible studies and, and ways to be strong in the Lord. So that of course is what, um, you know, Eminem, any celebrity who starts to profess faith in Christ, what they desperately need because, you know, because they're getting all the fame, they have all the traps, all the temptations, all the money, um, you know, all the women that are throwing themselves at, at, at him. And, and, uh, so, I mean, every temptation under the sun, uh, money, fame, sex, it's all right there. I mean, the, the big three. Um, so wow. Uh, yes. On one hand, we would say, boy, that, that can be a great feather in the cap for Christianity. But as we've seen, um, you know, it's not something that um, really produces fruit to speak of, or, you know, at least not deep growth in, in others uh, until it has endured. Um, be, be, because Christianity is something that takes decades, really, I mean, unless the Lord doesn't give you decades, but it, it takes decades to um, to really grow strong uh, in the Lord in, in terms of, uh, you know, a witness for people that's going to go beyond just um, the brief moment or the year. Now, I mean, I'm not saying a person can't be strong in the Lord, you know, right out of the gate. I mean, or even that Eminem couldn't be strong in the Lord. But but there's a difference between having that zeal, that fire. Um, but when you hit the setbacks, when 
you, you know, it, it, everything seems so wonderful at the beginning. And it is, it's wonderful. The whole thing is wonderful. But until you go through some valleys as a Christian, you don't really know how deep your roots are. Until you go through some criticism, um, you know, you don't really know how deep your roots are. And, and really, frankly, your, your roots aren't going to be very deep until you go through some of those valleys and, and so forth. So, you know, you know, I think the time to talk about maybe Eminem's Christianity would be maybe 10 years from now, because either he will be day by day making the, that, that trek up the mountain of spiritual growth, having been saved, if he was saved right now, you know, if, if, if Christ is his savior, then, then you start there at the bottom of the mountain, you're saved, redeemed, justified, born again, and forgiven. Heaven is your eternal home. But, but now you've got a lifetime of growth and there'll be some setbacks in that. But the, the question is then, does this individual keep going with Christ or uh, does this person become like some of those when, when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was like, Hey, do you want to go with them too? I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're taking off. Do you want to go with them or are you going to stay with me? You know? And, and uh, so that, that always becomes the ultimate question then is a person going to stay with Jesus? Um, you know, uh, when, when they don't get their way and, and just very quickly uh, on kind of a related note, it's kind of interesting in the tennis world that, um, uh, you know, there, there is someone at the top of his game in the tennis world. Um, and now he's kind of in retirement more or less, but Roger Federer, who is just known to have so much grace and class. And I mean, how can you not respect Roger Federer as an athlete, as a professional, as a human being, you know, now you've got a young guy out there today who's very temperamental, uh, um, Nick Cario, Nick Kyrgios, and from Australia, and he has incredible talent. Um, incredible talent. Um, but, um, it was interesting because he won a big match here a few days ago against the number one seed in the U.S. Open, Daniil Medvedev from Russia. Um, he, he won that match and boy, he couldn't have been more, you know, uh, kind and everything in his little post match interview. Um, and, you know, complimenting everybody. And I just, I knew everybody, everybody got to see, you know, how, how my skills finally reached this level and everything and very calm, you know, uh, but then um, here a couple of days ago, um, he lost. Uh, he lost a, a match um, to uh, a Russian, uh, uh, Hashinov. Um, and when he got done with that five set match, he he went through the process of slamming two rackets into the ground and just throwing a kind of tantrum that you expect a two year old to throw. My 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 point is simply this: comparing Curios to Federer, um, you could have a Christian let's say a baby Christian, a new Christian who like Kyrios, um, is very, very, um, gifted, uh, you know, knows the Lord is, is, you know, Kyrios is, is a great player, but, but who's got, um, some huge things that need to be learned about life and, and about character. And, and I mean, you really don't, you really don't know your own character until you face defeat, until you face suffering, until you face hardship. You don't know what kind of character you have because, um, that's when that that's when you know character really shows you know d does a person um just completely lose it um not anybody could in a moment but when you're in front of millions of people and you can't even control yourself any more than that my my point is not to condemn or judge Nick Kyrgios, but to say People can see the huge difference between the, the, the grace and character of Roger Federer and the immaturity and temper, tran, temp, temper tantrums um, and behavior of of Nick Kyrgios. And likewise, um, you know, Eminem today, um, you know, he's a very gifted rapper. Um, he may be a genuine Christian. You know, if he has been converted, then he's, he, he, he gets to start like everybody as a baby Christian, you know, new, new in Christ. And all that means is you haven't matured yet. Uh, how could you? I mean, you can't in physical life, uh, nor in spiritual life. Um, but, but you're, you're going to be at a much different place.
than than um, let's say someone like Kirk Cameron, who's been at this a long time, and and so on and so forth. So I think that might help us wrap our minds a little bit around the the M and M phenomenon. You know, what is it? What isn't it? Um, well, we don't really know right now what we have. Uh, we see some very encouraging things there with some of those lyrics, uh, almost like if somebody walked into that that grandson's dorm room and said, "Yeah, the Christian," like, man, I haven't seen that picture on your wall before. I like that. You know, you got Jesus on the wall there. So, um, you know, I would say I like I like what, what Eminem was rapping about, but it, it's going to take um, a lot more time with the Lord before he or any of us can can mature in the faith. And 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 we'll pray that that happens for him because uh, that would that would be very exciting for him and, and for anybody that gets to experience that. Yeah, I find it interesting that even when you have somebody that is becomes a celebrity, becomes famous, who has a pastor as a father, for example, Katy Perry or uh, Jessica Simpson, you know, their their parents or dads were pastors, and Jessica Simpson's dad, I guess, quit the you know the pastoral position that he had to manage his daughter in the music business and stuff, and and so even then, you got to be careful because. It doesn't matter really what you are in life. You can still be tempted and drawn away from the faith by the, you know, temptations of the world. Uh, Jim Carrey recently, well, not recently, I think it was 2017, he showed up at uh, an event at Homeboy Ministries in Los Angeles, and he was talking about faith, and Homeboy Ministries, you know, reaches out to a lot of the gangs of L.A. They've had a lot of services uh, that they provide to people trying to get out of the gang life, uh, one, for example, is like tattoo removal. Um, they've got like food products like chips and salsa that you can actually buy at the grocery store to help, you know, raise money to uh, the uh, the mission of Homeboy Ministries and so forth. And so they had like a, a big event. Jim Carrey rolls up. And again, 2017, Jim Carrey, I guess, was going through his, you know, faith journey. And I want to play something and get your thoughts on it because this is what he had to say. And again, you're dealing with a ministry like Homeboy Ministries that is run by a Catholic priest. And so they're out there, not only are they trying to rescue or help people get out of gang life, but they're also trying to, you know, provide them with a spiritual outlet and maybe try to get them involved in, you know, uh, Catholicism and, and um, a, a faith. And so um, so Jim Carrey shows up. And so this was uh, one of the comments that he had to, to say that day. Again, knowing the context, first off, that you're dealing with people that are going through a lot of suffering. Dealing with people that are going through a lot of heartache, people that have gone through a hard life in the gang world. And so this is what uh, Jim Carrey had to say. I really want to speak to the fact that I've had some challenges in the last couple of years myself. Uh, And uh, ultimately, I believe that suffering leads to salvation. And in fact, it's the only way that uh, we have to somehow accept and not deny, but feel our suffering and feel our losses. And, uh, and then we make one of two decisions. We either decide to go through the gate of resentment, which leads to vengeance, which leads to self-harm, which leads to harm to others, or we go through the gate of forgiveness, which leads to grace. What do you think of what he had to say there? Well, you know, the the thought that occurred to me, son, when he said that was um, if those words were were being stated um, within the context and alongside of what the Bible means when it talks about salvation. And I would say, Hey, you know, that sounded very, very biblical. Um, but, but the thought that occurred to me is this though, sometimes though people will pick up on biblical themes and they'll apply them in ways that um, are, are more uh, generic or worldly. Like for example, um, you know, if, if Jim Carrey was, was equating salvation, you know, without suffering, there's no salvation. It would really boil down to what does he mean by salvation? Does he mean that 
um, now your life is much better because you're a forgiving person because you've suffered and now you've kind of, you have more empathy. And I mean, so, but, but, but that's the extent of it. And it doesn't, let's say, um, address anything about man's relationship with God, uh, man's sin, God's plan of redemption, um, Christ's sacrifice on the cross, um, the, the, the biblical message of, of the one way of salvation into eternal life in heaven with the Lord. Um, so that little piece that he said, it's difficult to know, um, you know, I'd have to hear him more, listen to him more, have him maybe explain um, what he meant by that, because I, I've heard people over the years use terminology that is biblical, um, but they don't mean what what Christian theology is teaching. And I'm not saying Jim Carrey wasn't meaning that he may have been, but I, I, I would have to read more of the context of what he was talking about. And then, and then maybe any other things that he's written, because I just, from that little clip, I don't really know if he's talking about salvation through Christ or if he's talking, if he's using that term just to mean more of kind of a human redemption on a, on more of a, of a, a humanistic level rather than, um, you know, rather than through Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, that, you know, that, the, that, that Christian biblical level, I, I just, I don't know what, what he was referring to. All right, let me play one more clip and see if, again, this was uh, him, Jim Carrey, at the Homeboys Ministries um, gathering, and see if this okay. sheds any light further, maybe, okay. into the discussion of what he has to okay. say. Here we go. I am bigger than these thoughts. I am bigger than this body. You know, they talk about omnipresence in church, and nobody really thinks about what that means. What it means is every cell of your body is God. Everything is God. Everything is divine. So when you do good things, when you decide to transcend the negativity and attempt to do something positive for you, for your family, you are the heart of God. You are the eyes of God. When you speak from that place, you are God's voice. And when you make a loaf of bread in this place, in this kitchen, that is a Eucharist. You're blessing people with your work. You're serving the world with your work, with your effort. That is a Eucharist. That is the body of Christ. Comments on that? Well, yeah, I mean, that, you know, that, that description there, son, is very helpful um, because now we know what Jim Carrey um, means. He, he, he doesn't mean salvation in, in the Christian biblical sense of the word. Um, uh, he's not talking about the God of the Bible, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He, he, he's presenting more of a new age conception of, of God. And, he, and yet he's using these, these Christian words and even, you know, even, you know, references to, you know, the Lord's Supper and, um, you know, the, these, these words that are reserved in the Bible for um, specific doctrine. Um, it it kind of reminds me, son, uh, last night after our Bible study, um, I ran into somebody there uh, in that park right next to where we were meeting. And anyway, um, somebody I, I don't know very well, but I, I've known them a little bit here. Uh, in the community, but um, uh, I was quite surprised, you know, because we've talked a little bit about um, the Bible and, and some things this person's doing, you know, to study the Bible, but I was quite surprised when this person brought up to me, um, uh, he asked me if I'm, um, if I'm aware of the secret. And, um, it turns out he was talking about that, that book that came out in 2006 and kind of the, the new age book, uh, that, that's, um, basically teaches, you know, you just have to kind of think your way to think your way into whatever you want to have happen and, and so on. Um, and, and he proceeded to say that, you know, um, you know, God is everywhere. God is every, you know, or, or I forget what he said, you know, God is the sky. He might've said, or, I mean, but it was a very new age definition of, of, of God. And, and I, I didn't really see it coming because I thought just based on the few discussions we'd had, um, 
you know, it just goes to show you can't really assume anything these days about a person's faith because um, they may be using terms that that are biblical. Um, but, you know, um, the organization of the Mormons, that's what they do. I mean, they'll come to your door with a badge that says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And they'll say, do you believe in Jesus? And if you ask them, do you believe in Jesus as your Savior? They'll say yes. And do you believe you're saved by faith? They'll say yes. But but they import their organization imports different definitions. Um, so they define Jesus differently. He's not um, the eternal God along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Instead, they teach that he's a created being. Uh, they don't teach that faith is just childlike trust in Christ alone, but faith rather is both belief and works. So they combine works into their definition of faith, which is a deadly thing to do if you know anything about Christian doctrine, because you, you, you mess up everything. I mean, read the book of Galatians. I mean, read the book of Romans. I mean, read the New Testament. You, you can't do that and end up with the gospel. Uh, but my, my, my point is, um, whether it be an organization like the Mormons, whether it be a speaker like Jim Carrey, whether it be like, you know, my, my friend that I, uh, I don't know very well, but, um, um, who I ran into there at the park yet last night, um, until you go a little bit deeper into what they mean by the words they're using, um, we have to be careful that we don't assume that, um, they mean what the Bible means. And that's especially the case today when, when fewer and fewer people are being taught the gospel, are being taught about the Trinity, are being taught to rely upon the Bible as God's inspired word, are being taught that Jesus was born of a virgin, are being taught in the reality of heaven and hell, are being taught that Jesus is the only way to heaven. You know, so there are all sorts of other ideas out there. And, you know, uh, Oprah Winfrey, for example, um, you know, she would be like, I, w- I would call her like a prophetess for, um, for the New Age movement, um, because that's what she I mean, she firmly believes that Um, she, you know, she does not have um, she does not present the gospel. I'm not condemning her. I'm just saying that is the the culture is saturated um, in that stuff. And so when I say I'm not condemning her, what I mean by that is it's not my place to judge her. But we are to judge doctrine as Christians. And we are to say um, as ambassadors for Christ, we are to say um, if, if we have an opportunity to to visit with someone or maybe a platform to speak about doctrine. Um, it is our, our role to set the record straight. Uh, and that won't be popular, especially in a culture that is dominated by so many ideas. You know, in America, it's very popular to, to uh, you know, say that, hey, any, you, you can believe whatever you want. You can have your own truth. You can believe whatever is true. And if it's true for you, great. And, but that's America. Um, that's, that's why America is very different from heaven. Uh, the kingdom of America is very different from the kingdom of heaven. Now, America has been greatly blessed by the kingdom of heaven, um, by Christians uh, for centuries who've prayed for the nation and and sought to uh, love other people and spread the gospel uh, as imperfect as every one of us are as Christians. There, there's been a lot of good that's happened. But we live in a country where what well, we just heard from Jim Carrey um, that that is is very popular and and unless a person has some discernment um you know you might listen to that and say well look jim carrey's presenting the gospel well no he knows he's not um he knows that's a different message in the Bible. At least I, I'm assuming he knows that. I, I, you know, I mean, if he knows anything about the Bible, he knows that's a different message. That's not to condemn him. That's just to say that we have to, you know, it's crazy, Psalm, because, you know, in every other arena, people don't seem to mind like, you know, oh, well, these, these doctors have different views on, on what treatment, you know, well, that's fine. Let, let's listen to all their ideas. Uh, these people have different views on COVID. Okay. Let, let's, let's listen to the different ideas. Let, let's look at the, the different interpretations of the science. These people have different ideas on, on why this athlete should get this award or not. And, you know, but, but when it comes to faith, okay, when it comes to faith, uh, people have this idea that somehow it's a sin 
to say that something is right and something is wrong, that there's truth and there's error, there's true doctrine and false doctrine. And that comes from the spirit of the world. That comes from Satan, who, who wants to convince people that you should never, ever label somebody's belief as an error. That becomes like the unforgivable sin in the culture. Um, you know, and, and it's gotten so ridiculous now. Um, I mean, you know, there are places... I, where was I just reading um, what country was this in where you know, a teacher was fired uh, because they were using the wrong pronoun and they, you know, they refused to, to use the um, the preferred pronoun. And so we got all that stuff going on now. But, but you know, we've gotten to a point in the world where so many people want to say that not only is your truth what you say it is, but if anybody dares to say your truth isn't true, then they're the demon, they're the devil, they're, they're the evil one. I mean, it's just, it's so illogical. It's so um, obviously unbiblical. It's so dangerous. Um, but but when when people forsake God in the Bible and don't stand on God and God's word, okay, what happens, son, is we lose our way. Um, we, as it says in Romans, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. And, and that's why we need scripture. That's why we need God's word. And that's why when I heard that first clip from Jim Carrey, I thought, well, you know, uh, hard, hard to say, but boy, that second clip made it very, very clear. Um, he was presenting new age religious ideas, um, very, very different from Christianity. Um, new age teaching will not save your soul. It won't forgive your sins. It won't prepare you to stand before God on judgment day, which you will in, in God's courtroom at the appointed time when you will stand before him and you will be judged. And the only way you're going to get into heaven, my friend, is to have on that white robe of Christ's righteousness, which is placed on those who trust in his death for their sins, who rely upon his blood to cleanse them. Not new age teaching, not generic, you know, um, oh, you know, uh, everything is God. God is everywhere. You know, you can wish whatever you want into existence. Um, God is everything. doesn't matter what religion you you go with um everybody's going to heaven see that doesn't come from the holy spirit that comes from satan who wants people in hell and and i and i realize even just mentioning hell you know uh in our society that that's not uh that's not seen seen as uh acceptable well then that jesus would not have been accepted very well in america i'll tell you that Be, uh, or most really any country in the world any more than he was two thousand years ago because his message is true it, 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 he, he's not here to you know uh, tickle people's ears. Well, I think that's the the thing. You know, people will always go to the don't judge. Oh, you shouldn't judge. You don't know. But in reality, there are some things that we need to judge because they're completely anti-biblical. And if they're anti-biblical, then they should be judged because what you're starting to see is an influence. Because there were a lot of people that jumped on that Jim Carrey thing back in 2017 when he made those comments as he's a Christian, he's a Christian. Well, his life since then has been anything but as far as his example. You know, he's had some pretty bad uh, arts, um, you know, uh, like political cartoons that he's written, that he's drawn up, you know, anti-Trump or whatever, you know, um, and things. And it doesn't portray what we would think as a traditional Christian um you know, through the spirit type stuff. And so when people all of a sudden see something like that, or they, they hear a, a Shia LaBeouf say that, you know, talk Catholicism or Justin Bieber when he's going with Carl Lentz or even, you know, Mark Wahlberg, I, w- I was uh, reading his, listening to an interview with him and he was telling us about his, you know, morning routine about being a Christian, but then some of the movies, and the language used in the movies and stuff. It's like you would think that some of these people would have the ability, like Mark Wahlberg, with the star power that he has and his faith to be able to be like, hey, you know what? I don't want to have this in my movies. We can do it something a different way. You know, Chris Pratt, most of the stuff he does, and he's professed to be a Christian in Hollywood, uh, tends to be a little bit more tame. You know, uh, nothing really stands out that I've seen. I've not seen everybody's movie. Um, and all their movies, but from what I've seen, you know, you take a look at the Jurassic Worlds and uh, the Jurassic Park movies, and you take a look at the, I guess, the Guardian of the Galaxies and stuff. You know, they're a little bit more milder when it comes to the content that he's portraying in those movies. But I just find it interesting that you know, when something like this, Eminem pops up and he throws out God, or anybody does that, people will automatically sit there and just accept it as 
the holy grail of, oh, he is now a part of the family because he has a song that mentions something or because they said something at an event at a ministry in L.A. or because he's hanging out with the pastor or because of you know, something very simple. And again, it's great if it's true and it's fabulous, but I think sometimes uh, Christians can, can kind of get duped, so to speak, into just because something is stated in the name of God they automatically buy into it when if something's stated in the name of God, they should double check with the Bible to make sure that's what being right. stated is true. Well, that's a very good point, son. And, and I, I think, like you say, what, what tends to happen is you get a celebrity that, um, uh, you know, professes faith in Christ. And and then they start to hit the talk show, the Christian talk show circuit, and 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 large Christian churches and everything. And um, you know, sometimes that that happens before that person's really gone through a period of testing. What I mean by that is, um, they don't know themselves, um, you know, how committed they really are to the faith they're professing. They they, they feel very committed, but it's impossible. To, you know, it's kind of like marriage. Okay, um, when when people walk down the aisle. They believe they know how committed they will be for better or for worse, you know, but, but, but most, I mean, who really knows until you, you get into that point and, and you know, and, and until you um, choose to persevere for better or worse because of the vow that you made before God, um, the, 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 the vow you made to your, uh, to your spouse. And, 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 and so, um, you know, making a, a marriage vow is very important. Uh, God instituted marriage between a man and a woman. Um, and, and so somebody might wonder, well, then why do so many marriages, even Christian marriages, you know, end in divorce? Well, because marriage is tough. And, um, you know, there are multiple factors that, 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 that go into uh, divorce, obviously. But um, it, the easy part is walking down the aisle. Um, that's the easy part, you know, saying I do, that's the easy part. The easy part of Christianity is accepting Jesus as your savior. Um, and like marriage, when you accept Jesus as your savior, um, you're in that relationship and it's an eternal relationship. Um, when you walk down the aisle and say, I do, you're in marriage. Now you're married. I mean, you are married. You may have a good day or a bad day that next week or after the honeymoon or during the honeymoon, but you're still married unless you choose to walk away from it. Um, now, now granted there are, uh, biblical reasons, uh, you know, the justifications Jesus gave of a person, um, you know, if your spouse cheats on you, um, uh, or if they desert you, uh, you have justification leave. And, and certainly, um, uh, you know, if, if there's, you know, physical abuse going on, I mean, nobody has to remain in that situation. I mean, there needs to be help. I mean, that person needs to be uh, dealt with. The abuser needs to be dealt with before you should live in that same home with your spouse or be able to continue that relationship. And, and sadly, over the years, sometimes, you know, uh, that's been hung over uh, women like, well, you just need to endure, you know, physical abuse. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Um, so, but, but let's just say, you know, um, in, in, in a marriage where that's not going on, um, in a marriage where that's not going on, then, uh, you know, it's, it's God's plan, uh, you know, that that marriage stay together. And, and many Christian marriages have even survived, you know, uh, adultery and, and unfaithfulness, uh, because they've said, you know what, um, you know, I, I choose, I choose us, um, you know, in some of those cases, they had kids. In other cases, no. But I choose us because because of, of the Lord, you know. And, and so there have been many uh, marriages saved. And then, of course, there are many that, that aren't, aren't uh, that don't continue. But, but, but the same thing, in, in a way, is what we see in Christianity. Um, you know, like, for example, the Billy Graham crusade. Um, you know, you would have hundreds, thousands of people come forward and profess faith in Christ. Now, I, I had a book uh, here a number of years ago where they had done a quite extensive research into where are these people today, you know, and, and what they found, Son, was that, you know, it was really only the people who got, not only got plugged into a local church and were just kind of doing that basic 
I mean, you know, like, like Christianity 101, like attending with other believers once or more a week. I mean, you know, just doing the bare minimum, if you will, of just kind of what New Testament discipleship involved. Um, you know, it, it was, it, they found so many people that were not even connected to a local church. Now, um, were some of them still Christian? I sure hope so. You know, uh, you know, some would argue they never were Christian or whatever, but, um, you know, but, but what they found son is a, a fairly high percentage of those who came forward, uh, at the, at the crusade were kind of nowhere to be found. So they kind of fell by the wayside. So what happened, you know, um, now again, I, I hope many of them are, are, uh, are saved, you know, uh, but certainly there would have been some of those folks who maybe went, went forward, um, in the, in the emotion of the moment um and and but 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 almost like somebody maybe who goes to the altar and then two months later they get a divorce or five years later they get a divorce or 10 years later they get a divorce it's like well you know the emotion of the altar or 20 years later they get a divorce i mean you know it's like they were in for the emotion of it but when they saw how difficult marriage is and how tough it is to stick with your vows they want nothing to do with it and so um, you know, some people I think with Christianity have run into the same thing. They say, man, this is hard being a Christian. You know, you're not, you know, I'm not popular with a bunch of people. And there are a lot of things I, God says I have to say no to. A lot of desires that I still have within me that well up within me are, are things that I, you know, I, I'm feeling or whatever. So no, Christianity isn't easy. And, it, and it's easy to see why, why many people, you know, turn away. I mean, and then, you know, throw in the, the hard teachings of the Bible, like, you know, the teaching about hell. And, 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 and to see suffering in the world, many people allow that to drive them from God because they can't resolve in their mind how a loving God could allow suffering. So they choose to do something tragic. They choose not to go with Christ, the one who suffered more than anyone on the cross. He entered our suffering. But rather than go with him and stay with him and follow him, they say, no, I can't believe in a God who allows this much suffering. So they let the devil lie to them that, that somehow that's a justified position. Um, Somehow they're going to be better off, um, you know, uh, but, but so that, that's the nature of sin and, and to bring it full circle to kind of where we started today. And, and when we think about Eminem, um, Eminem will have the same challenge as Kanye West and a- anyone else who's ever professed faith in Christ, whether they're famous or whether nobody knows them. And that is the, the daily challenge of getting up every day, you know, is Jesus, uh, you know, who will be my, who will be my king today? You know, um, who will be my king today? You know, Queen Elizabeth passed away this afternoon. Um, uh, 70 years she uh, was in that role, a devout Christian. I mean, you talk, I mean, I mean, you talk about somebody, son, who um, exemplifies Christian character. Um, I mean, my, I mean, we, in fact, she, she was so quiet too, the way she went about things that, I mean, she's like the antithesis to the, 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 the kind of Kardashian of the world, you know, um, posting all these, you know, naked Instagram photos are not practically naked, you know, um, you know, to get attention, to get attention. I mean, Queen Elizabeth is like the antithesis of that. Uh, you know, uh, but, but, the, you know, America in many ways, um, is much more interested in the Kardashians than in the Queen Elizabeth because Queen Elizabeth isn't seen as, as exciting. Um, but, but in the kingdom of heaven, I tell you what, um, you know, uh, the Bible says there, there, there's rejoicing. Um, there's rejoicing in heaven. In fact, the Bible says, uh, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And, um, so I, I uh, have no doubt just based on her, um, her savior and she walked with him, uh, that Queen Elizabeth is now with the Lord in heaven. Uh, but what a, what an example. I mean, I, you know, I don't know, son. I mean, I, I mean, other than like, you know, I, I would even say even more so than like Billy Graham. I mean, Queen Elizabeth, I would have to say in our lifetime, um, over the last 50 years, over the last hundred years, um, has there been a, a, a famous Christian who has been more faithful, more humble? Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to elevate her above, you know, uh, we're, we're, you know, um, or, or put too much of a focus on her because she wouldn't want that because Christians don't want that. Now when you're filled with the spirit, you know, you, you want to be like John the Baptist. He must become greater. I must become less. But at this time of her passing, I think it's, it's, it, it certainly is okay to just simply say that, Hey, this was a godly woman. 
um, who did not seek to draw attention to herself, best I could tell. Um, and uh, so, I mean, hey, unless there was something else going on in her heart that none of us know about, only God knows about. Um, uh, I, I think she modeled. I think she modeled it beautifully. Um, and I think Americans could learn so much from the Christian witness of Queen Elizabeth. And I'll tell you, for Eminem, you know, if Eminem wants a role model, um, you know, look at Queen Elizabeth. Look at how she lived. Look at how she handled herself. You know, if Nick Kyrgios, the tennis player, was a role model, you know, uh, in Australia, you know, look at Queen Elizabeth. I mean, ultimately, of course, look at Jesus, obviously. But but I, but in terms of people, we're talking about celebrities here now. Um, you know, you don't get too many that they get that sort of, you know, get that sort of fame and, and, uh, walk that closely with the Lord. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be a great sometime sign. Who knows? Maybe soon, maybe we'll do a, a podcast on Queen Elizabeth because, uh, there's gonna be a lot of talk about her in the next, uh, you know, uh, next 10, 11 days, you know? Uh, so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Dan Dozell. Crossroads of Faith and Pop Culture, talking about the stories and social issues that affect society today. Dan, we appreciate your time. And um, it's always fascinating to talk about these kind of celebrities that come forward and and kind of profess a faith or do something that's faith-based and then see, you know, just exactly where it goes from there. But like you said, hopefully we can celebrate that this is something that's real, that Eminem is experiencing, that maybe the others, Kanye West and DJ Khaled, and, you know, maybe who knows, mm-hmm. one day we'll be uh, – rejoicing in heaven with them uh you know when god comes again when jesus comes again yes yes well that's certainly our our prayer and that's what we're uh you know uh wanting to see you know because god wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth that includes the poorest of the poor the uh people who are never known by anyone as well as the most famous people the queen elizabeth of the world the m&ms of the world you know and uh god loves everyone so we serve a loving god a gracious god and as we saw last night in our bible study um we were looking at the fruit of kindness and and we looked at that verse in romans and said you know um, you know, how, how dare you judge someone else? Don't you know that it was God's kindness that led you to repentance? So that's a good reminder for us as believers. Um, whenever we're tempted to judge someone, uh, time out. Don't you know it was God's kindness that led you to repentance? And then Paul went on to say, you who judge someone else, you know, do you think you're going to escape God's judgment? You know, if that's the way you live as a condemning, you know, judgmental person. So uh, it was a very strong word to believers there in in Romans. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. But Sonia, I really enjoyed it today and talking about these different uh, celebrities and, and what happens when they start to profess faith in Jesus. Well, Dan, we appreciate your time and we look forward to many more conversations, God willing. Amen. I look forward to that as well. Thank you, Son. You can check out uh, more about the show. Just go to our website, RadioWarp.com. That's RadioWarp.com and click on the Sanctified Reason uh, logo and all of our shows will pop up and you can go back and listen to any number of our shows that we've done over the years. Been doing this for a number of years now. So uh, look forward to many more. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.